You're listening to the State of Love and Trust, a Pearl Jam podcast. Follow the show on social media and remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. Now, here's Jason and Paul. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi. Alongside me, as always, is Paul Gillieri. Oh, here we are, Paul. We're in the middle of another Pearl Jam tour. The people out there are excited to get some going. Uh, indeed, as they should. It is always a good thing when the boys hit the road again. And I have to say, these set lists, I approve. Oh, I mean... Those first four shows, I think, I feel like they they started high and then went higher each progressive show. Mm-hmm. St. Paul in Chicago, holy crap! Um, we are recording this on Monday the eleventh. Yep. Uh, so we are aware of Indianapolis not happening. We'll talk about that in a few minutes because uh, that's a big story. But first of all, I got to say uh, thank you. Thank you to all of you who are listening right now and have listened before and will listen again, who have told your friends to listen, your Pearl Jam Jamly members, as it were, uh, to listen. And I assume that part of that uh, telling was indirectly by feeding the algorithm, Paul, right? Exactly. Please rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. You feed that bad boy, and that guy doesn't look for us for its... uh taco tuesday snack so definitely appreciate that right? i never know what you're gonna say <laughs> taco well tuesday we release snack. on tuesdays yeah. right so we, no, we are it. the proverbial verbal taco i don't yeah, know yeah. I, I, stop I'm, me before I'll, i go off up, the rails i'm picking up what you're putting down i'm just i'm just <laughs> tickled um yes hey really re- really quickly though i yes. do want to say something um all joking aside you you mentioned something you, you mentioned that we are recording on 9 11 mm-hmm. and i i do think that um you know it's 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 worth taking a moment here to just remember that uh, if there was ever a moment in our country's history that should remind us of the value of community and coming together and uh, the power that comes from uh, unity and love, it would be this day. So, uh, just a special shout out in honor of this day to uh, to all of our listeners and the Greater Pearl Jam community, and uh, you know just. Very grateful and thankful that we we continue to to build community rather than uh, look for ways to tear it down. It's uh you know we call you the master segues for a reason. That was like that was like a a, a, a Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift from my shenanigans <laughs> into a legitimate uh, opinion or statement of fact, and uh, I I'm here for it. Uh, that was flawless, and um, you're right. It's um today is a day, or as we're recording this, is a day to remind yourself, if no other day, um, that community is very key. Um, mm-hmm. and to look to your left, look to your right, and say, Hey, we're kind of in this together. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, we're in this thing together and we've got to pull each other up. Um and, and, and that's we why we 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 uh we cast a line into the community. Yeah. For this episode, you know? Yeah. So you know, it, it's um, you know, we thank you for being here. We thank you for communicating online and and, and commenting and and sharing and all that stuff. It's um, listen, the project community is a strong one. It's a very strong and, one and a creative one and a creative one. Uh, as <laughs> Paul segues again, son of a bitch. Uh, we're gonna have a nice little chat in a little bit with uh, the winning uh, artist and listener. Um, Karen Tigerson, who she, uh, she, she didn't, she, she isn't the winning listener of just anything. She, she won an artwork competition, um, to create a new piece of art for the show that is now on, uh, stickers and, and pins and who knows what else. So we'll talk to her about, um, her Pearl Jam fandom and, uh, how she made what she made. Yeah. Uh, but first, um, like I said, thank you for listening. And, uh, if you, Wanted to uh, contribute a little bit more to the show. Uh, you can always head to Patreon, uh, hang out there with us. We've got some extra goodies for you each month, and um, including the privilege of voting. Right, the privilege That's of right. voting on right. in special contests like the one that led to to Karen's beautiful work of Karen's art. Karen's art won 
in no small part to our Patreon members. So um, that is available to you if you'd like. Links to that are everywhere in the bios of everything. So there's that. Um, so uh, before we get into this next bit here about Indianapolis and what, what comes after, um, we were going to talk about how, you know, when you when you bring people to a show who have never been to a show before, um, like many of you out there are this fall, um, I, you got to think what is, what are songs that you want them to hear? Like, what is like, if they're only going to go to this one show ever, what's going to knock their socks off? We're, that was going to be the main piece, but then Indianapolis stuff happens. So we're going to talk about those songs in a little bit, but at first I got to get to this, this news. It's not really breaking anymore per se. And how can you really have breaking news on a podcast? But mm-hmm. as, as much as you can, Paul, here's where I'm at. Uh, I'm on a plane yesterday coming back from London and I don't know what part of the trip I was on. It had been a very long day and it started in Lisbon, Portugal. It was a long day. I'm delirious. And I, I, I get like the, the free, the free Wi-Fi on the plane. So all I can do is like text people. (laughs) Right. Um, so I can't go on Twitter. I can't check news, but for some reason, notifications still happen, which is strange. And it's so a tease. I know it's really annoying because you can't click on anything and find out what they do said. that. So you'll pony up and, and exactly. And, you know, I'm, not, I'm not paying seven dollars for three hours or twenty <laughs> for the whole fl- get out of here, man. Anyway, so I'm seeing these little pop, these little notifications, and one of them is like Pearl Jam postpones show, and I'm like, what the hell? So I hop on Facebook Messenger, which works, and. All these groups that I'm in, these these uh, these show threads and these um, uh, ticket exchange groups, everyone is going off. Oh my god, they've canceled the show! They've canceled the show. I'm like, what is happening? A because what is happening, and two, um, I'm not uh, able to post anything on social media because I'm in a damn plane. So, yeah. so they 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 put out this thing like we're talking like hours just a couple of hours before the show is meant to go off right and it says that that they're postponing the show quote due to illness Mm -hmm. and that it was quote obviously very serious and they finally said that the show would be rescheduled and fans could either hold on to those tickets or get a refund uh and lastly that the four texas shows the two fort worth and the two austin shows are currently still on one note before I, I want to get your take on this um, is they also said that about a few shows in the last handful of years, including uh, Baltimore comes to mind. That was never rescheduled. So mm-hmm. I'm a little gun shy to be like, okay, great. Uh, Indianapolis people. Um, so when you heard this news, <laughs> how did it make you feel? Well, I felt sad for uh Pearl jam fans out there. I mean, that indie boot in 2000 was, was one of my favorite from the, Binaural tour. I thought yeah. it was a great, great set. Um, but more importantly than that, I mean, there are folks out there that has, have never seen the band. There are folks who buy tickets and they're bringing a friend or they're bringing a kid or they're bringing um, a loved one for the first time. And the thought that Pearl Jam may not come back to Indianapolis, you know, anytime in the near future or that that show will go from postponed to canceled. I mean, that's, that, that's, That'll induce some anxiety, you know? So, um, I mean, obviously, first and foremost, you know, it goes without saying, but apparently I must say, because I didn't at the outset, uh, the health of uh, those affected are of preeminent concern, right? So, um, if if one or more of the band members is ill or it's a family member who was afflicted with something, I mean, we, we just, you know, the details didn't come out immediately after this, right? So, I just hope sincerely that whoever is ill or however many people are ill that everyone is ultimately okay in the end. That's the the most important thing. I I think uh, the members of the band have endured enough loss (laughs) in recent years that, uh, you know, that it it would be nice for them to, to just enjoy life for a bit, you know? So I I think uh, first and foremost, I just want to say that, but as far as the, the show itself, we can only keep our fingers crossed. We can hope that it does get rescheduled for those folks those good folks out in Indy and uh, we'll just see where it goes, man. Yeah. They they deserve more than the NFL combine. You know what I mean? They need some (laughs) Pearl jam out there. Oh man. I mean, 
Hey, uh, one of the um, pieces of merch that was available for the show was a flag with like a, the it was a checkered flag with a big tire in the middle uh, playing off of the Indy 500. Yeah, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, listen, I you know this, the people that go to these shows, especially the last I would say, why well, I can't say the last ten years because it's been happening for forever. People travel. Yeah, that's the other people thing. make plans. Yeah. People are, are booking flights. They're spending gas money. They're booking hotels. They maybe they've they've brought their uh, relatives in to watch their kids while they go to these shows. There's a lot of logistics that get thrown out, and when a decision is made at the last minute, people are are. I, I was reading stories uh, on Facebook of people landing at the airport, turning their phone off of airplane mode and going, "Wait, what now?" And then you're stuck in Indianapolis. Okay, I don't want to say stuck because Indianapolis is is a fine city, but you're you're stuck in a city for at least 24 hours. Yeah. Um. No refund for those tickets, those flights. So it's there's a big financial loss there, and the the wordage of the the media release, the press release is. Vague. Ominous a bit, yeah. It's, it, and it's it's vague and ominous. You're right. Yeah. Due to illness, obviously very serious. Yeah. Of course, many, many, many people, many people, most people probably, are assuming at least one person has COVID. That is irreplaceable, and by that I mean Josh or Boom or Matt, based on last year at least. Of who could be, you know, lost for a show and can, right. and carry on. You can't. I mean, you, you, no, it's a, the voicings you, of everybody else, including obviously Ed's voice, is you, you, you have to, yeah. And I mean, yeah. I, I, you, some might argue, oh well, somebody else can do lead guitar. No, you, no. you can't see Pearl Jam without Mike. And, Green, and I don't mean it's to like just... down, down, uh, poo poo Matt's playing because Matt's no, playing but a, very... a lot of those songs have you know drum beats and patterns. And music yeah. from other drummers, you know what I mean. And so, essentially, it's 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 a little, I don't want to say easier to replicate, but I mean, not all the drum writing is Matt Cameron over the years. You know, you what can I mean? get but away with as we saw get last away with year, it, yeah, um, for for a show, for a show, yeah. Um, but they didn't they didn't say it outright, and I think that you know, a year and definitely two years ago, it was I don't want to say taboo, um. But I think people were a little reluctant to say directly, oh, so-and-so has COVID, shows off. I don't know why. Yeah, Maybe these things, like I, that. Think it's, I think it's fine today. I, I think so, too. And listen, I don't think it's COVID. My, my gut when I saw this was that it's not, um, primarily because, like I said, now there's no real stigma with that. Um, uh, Springsteen postponed a show recently. Just, hey, got COVID, can't do the yeah. show, give me... Yeah. Um, Metallica uh, postponed their second Phoenix show literally like six days and played it like just six days later because James yeah. got COVID. So like they, they, they just said, Hey, James got COVID. See you on a Friday. But to that point, there are also a lot of people who are saying, Hey, I went to the Chicago shows and I came home and felt like crap and took a test and I'm positive. Like I'm reading dozens of comments of people who went to well, Chicago. search. I mean that you know COVID is uh, it's there making a, a comeback. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's like a, yeah. it's, I'm trying yeah. to think of a fun music example. And I can't think of one. Yeah, let's 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 not you know. Uh, and I'm not trying panic to... here. I mean, it, we're not suggesting in any way, shape, or form that this is going off the rails to to lock down Vale and all that other stuff. No, I, no, no, I, no, I no, think no, we're no. out of the woods I, with those kinds of things. But I, I, I think what people are concerned about and it's it's less the health aspect of it because at this point. Most people have got their shots to some level and most people can handle the the sore throat and the fever and the body aches and, and the coughing and, you know, it sucks for a few days and then you kind of get out of it. Um, so it's kind of like, a, you know, it's, it's, it sucks. It's a shitty flu for most of us. And I think less of us are concerned about the health part of it for, for us as they are like, oh God, like, is, is the band going to be super cautious for everybody else at these next shows and not play them to spare those people. Do you know what I'm saying? For like, for like mm -hmm. the, the weakest link of, of this is the community that's coming out. 
Yeah, maybe uh, it's possible, I'm, but I don't. Well, think we don't even know what the illness is. So. We don't, and that and that's the first thing I thought of was family. First thing I thought yeah. of was somebody, something happened to somebody's family, and that person had to fly home. Yeah, that's what yeah, I that, thought. That, of that, that, that's a possibility. Which, I, which I think it sucks if that's the case. Yeah, and that's that's the key word there, the operative word. There's no way around it. For all involved, it's just an unfortunate set of circumstances. It's an unfortunate situation, and so we await further yeah. word. And in yeah. the meantime, um, you know our um, our apologies, and not that we have any. We personally have anything to apologize for, but uh, our empathy, I guess, our sympathy go out to the fans out in Indy, uh, those that live there, and those that drove or flew in, and uh, especially those who who maybe were going to see them for the first time. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, the next show that's supposed to happen and as of this recording is not yet um, postponed or canceled is the Wednesday night um, show in Fort Worth that as of now is still on. Um, You know, God help me. This thing goes out on a Tuesday morning and something changes. That's going to make this real fun. Um, I hope that everybody that that needs to be involved can be so and is healthy and everything back home is okay enough to complete this tour and hopefully we can just sort indie next year and i know it sucks for everybody who who lost flights or money on this i i feel for you guys i really really do um let's not jump to conclusions let's not get anybody's backs i've seen some bickering back and forth let's not do that let's not be condescending or jerks to anybody else everybody's got their own experience and it's just Mm -hmm. we gotta we gotta come together right and band together um and just you know we'll get through that and hopefully texas comes through and yeah just it's just frustrating on, on a it different is. bunch of different levels but um you mentioned you know there are a lot of every i think every tour there's always somebody that's like hey i'm bringing my son i'm bringing mm-hmm. my daughter it's their first show i'm bringing my my nephew my buddy and it's like man what a tr- especially now as as they get older as they get older what a treat to see this um to see this band and so my thinking is if i'm taking somebody um and obviously it depends it depends on who that person is what kind of music they're into right um that might change your your idea of what these songs should be but like give what are the five songs that like Dude, this is your only Pearl Jam show. This is your first show. You've got to hear these songs. This is like what the band does in the live setting. You got to experience this. Like, what what comes to your mind? Uh, well, there's a lot of songs. Um, more I think than the, five the, for sure. But like, <laughs> sure. I mean, I, the, the first song for me is Black. It just because it, it's the song that I always hope every time I go, I'm going to hear. Yeah. Uh, not just because it's it's my favorite Pearl Jam song. Uh, but be- because it's a song that has evolved, and we've talked about this uh, quite a bit on this on this show, but for for a listener to come and see Pearl Jam for the first time, to see the impassioned delivery, the vocal delivery, and the, the crowd that gets behind it, but also the way Mike McCready's guitar playing takes off and takes over, I should say, the song in a way that captures and evokes the very depth and spirit of this song in a way that at one point only Eddie's voice could do. And for, for Mike to be able to play guitar in a way that that somehow manages to act as a conduit to that very same depth of feeling is, uh, to me, it, it, that's only possible when you have a synergy between two people that have been playing together for so long that you, you just you know find the humanity in that song in ways that couldn't be achieved otherwise. So I would say Black is just a, just a pure showcase of of true achievement on a vocal and musical level. Um, and plus it's just an epic, gorgeous song. So I would say that for me would be the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. I had black in there in my five as well. It's um, I think it showcases kind of all the best things that Pearl jam does. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and I don't know that it's everyone's favorite song, but I think when you think of what does Pearl jam do best, you can find it in here somewhere. Um, from the bass playing to the drums to the singing to the vocals to the um, I guess singing and vocals are the same thing um, to the lyrics to the guitar playing to the piano it's got it's got everything in it that would the, I mean it just elevates and it roller coasters and it's got emotion solos that mimic vocal mel- vocal melodies and it's just it, yeah it's fantastic I mean there's a reason why it's won a bunch of 
the skyscrape <laughs> March Madness is. There's a reason why it's your favorite song and many others. So I think that's an easy choice. Um, so I got Black in there, in there as well. What, what else you got? I got Better Man. Uh, for me, it's an interesting inclusion because it really is an Eddie Vedder song, right? Eddie wrote this when he was still in high school, uh, played it with his his band Bad Radio, pre-Pearl Jam band, uh, way back in the 80s. And um, it didn't show up on Pearl Jam record until Vitology. It was a song that was was initially stewed by Eddie. I mean, that they just he did not want it included on a record. I think that, you know, the band was basically a raging supernova for a period of time and the idea of another catchy hit was something that they or he i should say uh, just almost wanted to avoid as bizarre as that sounds um but i do think that it's it showcases to me earl jam's versatility it, it demonstrates the uh wide range and variance of talent in eddie vetter and uh, to think that a, a band as popular as Pearl Jam in, in, in the midst of the, the grunge scene, uh, that anyone was capable of, of writing such an outstanding, beautiful pop song like this, pop rock song, uh, I think would have been unfathomable at the time. But nonetheless, you know, um, it's, it's a very personal ditty about Eddie's mom and uh, the second husband of hers, uh, Eddie's stepdad, who I, I know they've reconciled since, but at, at that particular point in time, I think they had a very contentious relationship. And so I think there's a lot of depth to the, to the track. I think it's a beautiful track. Um, it's a fan favorite and uh, it's just something a little different. You know what I mean? So def definitely would, I can't imagine a song as popular as Better Man not being something that, you know, you, you, no matter who you are, even if you don't like Pearl Jam, you probably hear that song and be like, I like that one. That's a good song. <laughs> yeah, I've got it too. Um, it's, you mentioned versatility. It's a little bit different. It's much more poppy. Um, I think it, it showcases a narrative that is not a usual narrative a in songs at all um and b in a pop song so just to, to see that and feel that in person would be something else and also yeah. if you want to get um the full pearl jam live experience um there's a damn good chance that you're gonna get the entire friggin arena singing the first verse and wouldn't that be something to be a part of mm -hmm. so i think on many different levels dynamically uh not just within the songs dynamics but the experiences dynamics that is a thing that is a song and a performance you've got to experience so i would agree with you better man has to be one of the five um yeah. so far we've agreed i feel like we might agree on a, on a at least one more um right. we've got one two for two here what, what else you got oh this one's tough i think uh, i'm gonna go give it a fly here i say that because um it's a song that kind of makes you feel like flying <laughs> and i think if you're going to be live at a pearl jam show you know um there's something about the crowd and this this transcendent feeling and uh you know it, for me there's a few songs that kind of fit this bucket um you could do retrograde here as well for mm. the same reasons I just think that uh, giving a fly would probably elicit a better crowd reaction and, and kind of enhance that that feeling of you know proverbial flight, so to speak. And so I'm going to go with the giving a fly here for for that reason. You know, I had that, but I'm swapping it for do the evolution. Mm. And I love your explanation for giving the fly. It's basically why I would have chosen it. Um, there's a lift. There's there's a there's a the whole crowd kind of when it gets that pre-chorus chorus just kind of oh, lifts you up um, and I'm always reminded of the clip of the performance that Pearl Jam posted right after uh, Nikki Six called them boring. <laughs> it was a great <laughs> performance to showcase that uh, not yeah, boringness. Yeah. Um, but speaking of not boring, I can't help but think of the evolution and the energy. Oh my lord, the energy for three and a half minutes that that song produces. I always go back to the Garden in 03, making the stage shake. Only the fourth band to do it ever in that venue. Um, and it's, it's especially when you get to the, the um, this is my church, I sing in the choir. And I mentioned Better Man. You get that full experience. How about Keely turns the lights on, and you've got 18,000 people basically singing like a, like a gospel choir 
And the second time around, you just hear Ed's baritone doing the harmony line. It's just fucking, it's just epic. I just love that moment. You know, you get a, you get the stank face, Stone Gossard solo in there. That's always a treat to see. So I love, uh, I love giving the fly. I'm going to go with do the evolution purely good for the call. energy. Yeah. yeah, that's a good call. Uh, for me here, what are we on? Four? Four. I'm going to go alive. These are in no particular order. but uh, yeah, mine too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I can't not go with this one just because it's a highlight of every live show. Just you turn around and you see all these people's hands in unison with that chant at the end. It's uh, one of the greatest rock riffs to open a song ever. Uh, it's incredible crowd engagement. It's a beautiful, beautiful message now. I mean, at least live. As, as a live song, it now very much represents validation, affirmation, uh, contrary to the lyrical content, which is which I'm totally okay with. You know, kind of reminds me of a Born in the USA with mm-hmm. uh, Bruce Springsteen, where you watch that video and you got all these people just, you know, America, you know, but not not. Really. If you listen to the lyrics, it's like, uh, you really pay attention what this song is about. Maybe not, <laughs> but. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the cool thing is that in a, in another way, Pearl Jam's Alive has kind of taken on a, a similar energy where uh, it's, it's, it's a dark song, really, and mm-hmm. uh, it has it's, it's somehow become a celebration of life um, through its transformation over the years. And so I really think an inclusion of a song like this is necessary. You bring somebody to a Pearl Jam show for the first time, that person's going to hear the song and just look around in a moment in just kind of a, a, a private moment and uh, just see thousands of people, a sea of people just celebrating together. And uh, it's a powerful moment, man. It really is. It's the one that I look forward to yeah. whenever I bring somebody to a Pearl Jam show for the first time. It's one of those signature moments where I'm like, man, I can't wait for that moment. And uh, yeah, it's exciting. And even if you've heard it before, even if, even if, the, if that person who is new and a rookie has heard it you know, in, in the car with you or... You know, yeah, uh, yeah. on the radio, like, oh yeah, live. I know, I know that song. That's, that's a good song. See it live. See it live. And for all the reasons you just said, it's it's on my list as well. And it's talk about community. Talk about celebration of life. We talk about the church. All things we've mentioned yeah. in other songs. Uh-huh. This combine energy. This combines all of those things. I, I, I'm not going to say it's the best Pearl Jam song. I'm not going to say it's the most quintessential Pearl Jam song. But maybe it is. Um, mm. For all of these reasons. And, uh, yeah. Like we've said time and time again, when that solo kicks in, turn around. <laughs> turn around yeah. and look at everybody else <laughs> enjoying the shit out of that moment. Um, and the fact that it's kind of a staple now towards the back end of the of the the set and there's a decent chance Kilo's got the lights on and it's just like yeah man this is it this is this is it guys um it's that feeling the goosebumps that I've got right now feeling um that that song just has in spades so I'm with you uh we've got one more to pick here I don't know how the hell we're gonna do it but give me one more oh god uh you know man it's that one's hard. And the reason I say it's hard is because there's songs that I want to go with. I want to say even flow, just because musically speaking, you just watch these guys together and it's just a, a rollicking hell of a good time. And uh if you enjoy Mike McCready. If you enjoy Mike McCready, exactly. Yeah. Um I, I I'd love to say Jeremy, but there's there's a dating quality to that song that I don't know. It, it's also the, the level of intensity for for Eddie and the vocal delivery, it, it, you know, he's he's not a spring chicken anymore. So I think that the, the song's a little hits a little different these days. Um, songs like Review Mirror, Go, Animal, same thing. You know what I mean? Awesome, awesome to see those things play live. But I think that, you know, you put on a boot from 1993, it's going to hit a little different. Um, those mid tempo classics, you know, Immortality, Corduroy, for, I, I was for sure, I thought I was going to have one of those two in my top five. Uh, but no, no, I think um, the one that I am inclined to go with here is Yellow Leadbetter. And uh, I say that because live, it was um, it was kind of this favorite live in its heyday. And uh, I mean, it was one of those things where everyone would go nuts at the end of the show as soon as Mike jumped into that riff. Yeah, And I think that it's one of those songs that, un- unlike a song like Hard to Imagine, which was a cult live favorite, in its heyday and has since kind of become like a, a rare gem from time to time 
Yellow Leadbetter is one of those B-sides that somehow, even to this day, has remained a staple, a live staple that is an absolute treat at the end of every show. Um, and everybody loves it. It's a great song. And, and I think that that's, uh, you know, Mark Twain once said, a classic is something that demands to be reread. And the, the fact that they put out a song that they didn't deem fit for an album, probably because Eddie's rambling over most of it, <laughs> um, is still something it is it, an exercise in songwriting essentially is what it is it was a workshop or an exercise i mean you could argue it's not even a complete composition in some respects it's still and, a demo yeah it's still <laughs> a demo man and and it you know it's still played to this day and i just think it's a i think it's pearl jam at its finest and most raw form in that regard and so i think if, if you want to see what pearl jam is like you want to uh, uh, what was it like to be a fly on the wall during a magical moment in the studio where they just were just you know launching into something not really knowing where it was going to go and it was just magic happening in front of you and every time they play that song live they give us an opportunity to experience what that might feel like even though it's live so for that i think i'm always grateful every time i hear that song and i think bringing somebody to a pearl jam show for the first time that's something that i would want that person to experience too I think that's a great shout. Um, you know, we, we talk about listening and, and seeing and experiencing Mike at his finest in even flow. And you could easily put that song in this list, as you said. I think you've got that here on a on a on a different on a in a, in a different way. And I think that because it's been the exclamation point of so many shows, and people listen. We could have Nicole Avars come on here and tell you all about it because that's that she was damn near in tears when she was in Chicago yep. a few nights ago watching this thing, yep. and she's seen this. She's seen the band over a hundred times, and yet still finds a deep connection to that song. It it is it is a deeply um, connected song for some reason. It, even though you know the meaning, sure it's a it's a you know the, the friend comes back from war and they don't appreciate him and that yeah that's the story, but like it just feels different than that and i feel like the true soul of the song is in what mike's doing yeah all all of the hendrix stuff that rips that mike's ripping off like it just comes out in the most mike way and however he feels like tagging the whole ending and it's just that's one of the most um that song has the fewest guardrails or i I get maybe the widest guardrails of any in the catalog. That's a great analogy. You don't know where it's going to go. No, you don't. And I think, like I said, it, yeah, it feels like a demo. It feels like a demo that they're just constantly workshopping in every show they play it at. And it's great. It's great. Yep. It's true. Um, my choice, however, even though I love that choice, is not that choice. Uh, I was going to go with Corduroy. Oh. Okay. I think there's a lot to that song that there's the, the ramp up and the outro so low is just oh, so fun. Instead, I'm going to go with Porch. And I was wondering if you were going to go there. Yeah. Listen, it isn't 92. He's not climbing on rafters. No, Hell, he, can, he can barely do the jump and, and even flow. <laughs> They're old. I get it. But, but the energy that the crowd produces and the still awesome jams in the middle section. Mm-hmm. Are worth the price of admission, and the whole outro. Now Ed's oh, like it's, it's a breakdown, into, man. Yeah. It's it's the whole first sixty seconds of the song is just a way to get to the jam. If you like rocking out jamming music, stay for those three and a half four minutes, uh-huh. yeah. and then it just builds. Oh, and then you just get that that it's not a call and response per se, but like Ed leading us. In yep. this escalation of vocal melody that just wills the rest of the band into the outro, and the outro it's electric, just, dude. It's just barreling downhill. Yeah. Like you want to be a part of that. You do. And you he's do. like, he's in the crowd now for half of it. Like he's standing over the over the barriers into the into the pit, and like sometimes people are singing it with him. And it, you got to be a part of that. You got to be do. a part of that. It's. Um, I know it isn't '92, but there's still something about being a part of that live experience. That Agreed. I would want a newbie to to experience. So, hell of a list. You get no argument for me on that one. Great. That <laughs> makes it the best kind of podcast one with no conflict <laughs> at all. <laughs> I agree with you. Great, great opinion, Paul. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you know who also has great opinions. 
Uh-oh. Is this an awful, awful segue? Oh, awful segue. I tried and it just didn't work out. Um, we uh we put out a contest weeks ago, an artwork contest weeks ago, saying, you know, we want to put it out to the listeners if you can do art. And that's what they say. Can you do art? Yeah. Um, <laughs> can you do art? Um uh. if you can do the art, then uh won't you submit something? For a, a a new secondary podcast logo, the uh, uh, sports teams have secondary logos. Why shouldn't we have a secondary logo? And um, <laughs> we got a number of responses from from listeners, and uh, we had our patrons uh, vote on mm-hmm. those submissions. That you know, we curated just one of the many little perks. Yeah, exactly. Um, we curated the ones that came in, chose our top few, gave it to the patrons, and they chose their favorite, and. Um, that winner, that artist, that listener is here right now with us from San Diego, California, or the general area. I don't know the exact uh, city. Yeah, it's Karen yeah. Tigerson. How's it going? Hello. Good. Yep. San Diego, right here in the middle. Karen, you, you, we're in the same neck of the woods these days. I know. I heard that. Yeah. I'm definitely liking it down here. The whole county, just uh, full of gems and rhinestones. <laughs> The master segues is always again. right. Always. <laughs> so, Karen, I want to um, before we kind of get into your backstory and how we got to the art that that won the contest and is now uh, forever emblazoned on pins and stickers. Um, I want you to tell our listeners and Paul how we actually first met. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a good story. Uh, okay, so. I knew that you were going to be at Ohana. I can't remember what year that was. Was that 21? 20- okay, 2021. 21. And um, I was looking for you. I think I'd seen you like around, but you were always like over across way. I was like, oh, that's Jason. That's a guy. I got to go find him. And I never could touch base with you. And then after the show, we're in Albertsons getting food, of course. And we park in a parking space and you were like sitting in the car next to us. And I said to my husband, oh, my God, that's Jason from the podcast. I've been trying to say uh-huh. hi to him all day. This is going to be weird. And I go over and I like knock on your car window and you kind of roll it down like, uh, yes, can I help you? Do you want money or what? <laughs> like, are you Jason from the podcast? And you're like, oh, my God, yes. And so that was hilarious. So then it was always like, remember me from the Albertsons parking lot? It was that was pretty awesome, and I must say, uh, you know, at first seeing a random person knocking on your window at eleven thirty at night, at least, yeah, at least Mm -hmm. in Albertson's parking lot in San Juan Capistrano Mm -hmm. uh, or Dana Point, wherever the hell it was, um, little weird. But then it immediately shifted, and I can only assume um, your husband and my wife share the same sense of like. (laughs) What are these what? nerds doing? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Oh my gosh, I cannot believe you're doing this." But then, but then I saw you again at uh, Eddie Eddie's solo show in LA, right? That's right. The YouTube, yep, theater. YouTube. Mm-hmm. I was like, I got to meet, I got to meet the husband properly. Now that we've gotten that right. lovely answer okay. out of the way, now that Paul knows the backstory, now I know the backstory. <laughs> uh, this the most simple question that anybody will ever ask you about this band and your fandom is how and when did you become a fan of the band Pearl Jam? Yeah. So I remember, I mean, it must've been 91, late 91, early 92, kind of hearing them on the radio. Whenever that was, I think it was alive and maybe even flow were on the radio. I remember hearing that on the radio and thinking like, Oh, this is, this is good. I like this. This is all right. Um, so then I saw they were going to be on this is Saturday all right. <laughs> Night Live. Yeah, I was like, this is pretty good. So then I saw that they were going to be on Saturday Night Live. That was April 92. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to tune in and watch. I think I like these guys. They seem good. And that was just like, I literally like fell off the couch watching that. I was just like, my life is never going to be the same. This is now I've completely turned going this direction. So that just blew my mind. And then I managed to get tickets to drop in the park, which was my Shut first the front door show. Yeah. So then wow. I saw them at drop in the park. And I mean, if it wasn't already all over, it was all over. So Karen, tell me how, how many times have you seen the guys live and is, is drop in the park your favorite live memory? Um, 
Drop in the Park is up there, but I have a few other favorite live memories. My, I've seen them 45 times. That's it? Whoa. I know. <laughs> it feels like a small number to me. I always, I always want that number to be bigger, but it's what it is right now, 45. Um, and that's like full band, you know, um, mm-hmm. seen, you know, a dozen Eddie shows and a dozen or whatever, like other sort of side projects or weird little one-offs or other things, but I didn't count those full band 45. Um, and one of my favorite live memories was in, I think it was 2002. It was in Vancouver and I was wearing a shirt. It's a Pearl Jam shirt that I've, I don't even remember where I got it. And I have never seen it anywhere else. Is a red shirt with like a skull with like a snake going through the skull or a ribbon going through the skull or something. And it said Pearl Jam on it. Very obscure, weird shirt. And I had that shirt on. And in the middle of the show, in the middle of Elderly Woman, Eddie's like singing Elderly Woman. And he and we were in the fourth row, maybe so somewhere between the second and fourth row. I can't remember. And he like leans away from the mic and he goes, good shirt. And then goes right back into the song. <laughs> And I mean, he was looking like square at me and I just mouthed, thank you. <laughs> and meanwhile, my husband is next to me, like doing this, like double take, like what the hell is going on right now? So that was, that might be one of my top, top live memories. But That's a good one. That's yeah. Uh, and if you listen to the bootleg carefully, you can hear it. Oh, we'll go, so oh, 2002, what year? 2002, it was May. I want to say like May. Vancouver, O2. Elderly woman. All right. Yep. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to listen to that bootleg next just so I can. Do you remember the song so I can pinpoint it? Elderly, it was woman. elderly woman. Oh, die. Oh, my God. Jason. Yeah. Good Lord. Um, <laughs> so J- Jason's had some transcontinental flights under his belt. The I'm, last a little, week, so I'm a little woozy. I've been, I've, been, I've been around uh, the other side of the other hemisphere. Um, <laughs> that's right. That's right. You had a few days. Try. So my mind isn't totally there. Uh, now, you mentioned your husband. I met him at the Eddie show, and he was yep. obviously in the car being embarrassed <laughs> by us yeah, in Data yeah. Point. Mm-hmm. But you also mentioned he was with you at the first show, right? No. No, sorry, sorry. Not... In Vancouver. He was in Vancouver, yeah. So here's the question then. When do you meet him, and when do you uh, unload this bomb of, <laughs> I am a massive Pearl Jam fan. Is that okay? Are you down? Yeah, well, luckily for me, um, we met in college, so... He was a Gin Blossoms fan. You were a Pearl Jam (laughs) fan. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. (laughs) I wouldn't go that far. No, no, no. We met in college, and um, so that's around the... I was in college when Drop in the Park happened, so he was there from the beginning of the fandom. So luckily, Ah. I never had to explain myself. He watched it unfold. (laughs) It needs no explanation, Karen. Right. <laughs> is he as big a fan as you are? That's is so funny. People always ask him that, and he's like, no, no, no. But then he'll, every time he's like right there, you know. You like look over and catch him like really rocking out harder than you, you than he would admit to rocking out? Oh, I think, I don't know if he'd admit to it, but I mean, oh yeah, he's definitely like, <laughs> he's definitely into it. He's definitely rocking out. Okay, so the other like obvious question that everyone has to answer. We ask this almost of all guests, don't we, yeah. Jason? It's a requisite question. It's a requisite yeah. question. Got it. So less important is the answer than is the reason for it. So yes. favorite studio album and favorite song. Okay. And why, of course. So albums, I absolutely refuse to rank. I do not have a favorite. I will not pick favorites. That's like having a favorite child. Won't do it. Which we all do. We all have a favorite child. I don't mind. <laughs> Easy there. <laughs> I I mean, I genuinely don't think I could pick a favorite album. So, in fact, I have a hard time listening to, um, like, ranking podcasts. Um, how do you listen to the show, then? What? <laughs> I said, how do you listen to the show, then? Well, the earlier episodes, like, early on, you guys did a lot more ranking stuff. And it... I, I think there were some I had to turn off because I, I don't like, blame we, 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 we were one rankings episode away from losing a listener, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, you know, you've gotten a little away from that. So no, but seriously, I, I have a really hard time with that. But um, I kind of feel the same way about favorite song. Although, I mean, obviously there are songs I like more than other songs. Um, 
let's pull it back then and say, you know, if you're if you're going to one last show, what are like the three songs like I gotta hear these three? Okay, Does taking out like trying to like check things off my list. <laughs> yes. Because I'm with you on that one. Like right. the website being okay, I haven't seen that song yet. Yeah, exactly. I hadn't seen Smile until Ohana 2021, I think. Oh, wow. oh, nice. And I was so happy when they played that because I was just like, yes, I need that's to how, That's how Paul felt about Sweet Lou. Oh, oh and God. Sweet Lou. I mean, <laughs> God, you got to have Sweet Lou. That was the best. Um, no, I mean, I think I, you know how you kind of have a lot of really good friends, but you kind of have one official best friend. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I feel about Black. Black is sort of my like official favorite song. I knew we were we were kindred spirits, yeah. Karen. We both live but in San again, Diego County, and uh, you know, yeah, you both have a grand appreciation for the greatest song ever written. I do, um, but again, I hate to pick favorites. Um, I also really, really love "Come Back," a sister song to Black. Very mm. well. What other song would I? Gosh, this is a hard. <clears throat> it's never an easy question. No, it's a really hard question, actually. Uh, well, let me ask you this: By yeah. No Right Act, what what song in that in that era? In right with, act? Well, that that whole era, the By No Right Act era. Uh, some some casual fans call that the Dark Ages in the project. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 song stands out from that era where you're like, okay, it's, it's, this definitely carried me through? I oh, you know what a song I really like that some people really don't like is Get Right. Yes. That's a good, good tune. Call. It is a good tune. That and Got Some. Got Some totally gets me pumped. I feel like Got Some, um, when I first hear like that little Tom roll that Matt does, I'm like, okay, I guess we're in for this. But then like 40 seconds later, I'm like, yeah, I got some if you need it. Let's go. Like, yeah, yeah. I kind of like that one resonated more it. with me, too. You were into uh, going to see my friend when that album dropped. You liked that track. Well, a lot, I kind of kind of hit you in the face out of the gate. It, it like, that did. Was just, but I, yeah. I thought uh, got some definitely raised the bar a bit. And I've definitely heard people say that got some like that. There's just not much sort of meat to it, you know, that it's kind of fluffy in a sense. But um, to me, it's like a. Any kind of like workout mix, that song is like first thing I put on the mix because oh. it's such a get pumped up song. Cool. Okay, so got some. Yeah, got right some from the from the darker mm -hmm. ages. Black mm -hmm. is like the yeah. pinnacle. Yeah. Okay. I like come back. I, like I love come back. That's a great one. A classic. Karen, tell me because obviously the. There's no segue here. You're here because you are a magnificent artist. And so one of the things we'd like to ask you is, um, you know, the approach that you had to the design, the winning design. Like what, what kind of steered you in that direction? What was the influence? What was the inspiration, the muse? Uh, wh what did you have in mind when you approached that particular piece that way? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, you kind of in this scenario where, I mean, you guys are doing a podcast about this band. Obviously, you feel like the artwork has to be an homage to the band. Um, and one of the things I love about this band, other than the music, obviously, um, there's always so much artistic integrity and they bring in really great artists um, and they create their own art. That's really amazing. And so it's kind of this like 360 artistic experience, right? Where it's like, there's the music, but there's always like a visual component, even though it's not in this, it's not in the sense like a choreographed show with like lights and movies kind of playing. It's not that kind of a show, but there's still a very visual element to what they do with all the posters and the merch and all the stuff. Um, so obviously had to go, you know, homage, um, and I was just kind of noodling on it for a while. And I thought of the thing with the letters and kind of getting the S and the L and the T all connected and putting the little bits in the middle. So I kind of thought of the letter piece first. Um, and then I was like, well, how does, where would that fit? You know, what kind of previous Pearl Jam artwork could that sort of fit into? And so I thought of the, the home shows. Um, and then in terms of like the little icons, I love that we have these little icons for each album. 
Um, you know, like sometimes you see people have it on the back of their car or whatever. I love mm-hmm. that. Um, and it reminded me of the uh, Ferris wheel on the Seattle yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I thought, well, we can do that. We can kind of put those icons around and represent the full timeline. I love the, um, that little Easter egg approach, because when I first looked at it, I was like, oh, this is a really cool, like homage to the, the home show logo. It, it just, it, it popped to me, but then I think Paul might've pointed it out. I was like, aren't those the little album icons, like satellite yeah, around were. the thing? I'm like, that is cool. And it made me think of like, when we came up with our, our show logo, it was like, all right, what do we do here with this? It's like, all right, let's, let's, let's basically rip off the no code thing, but do our own little bits in, in right. Easter eggs and all those little tiles. And so that's what tickles me about our logo. And so the fact that you had the same idea to have little Easter eggs of the band in your design, uh, it was a really nice touch. Um, and I think that's what kind of jumped out at me when I, when I noticed it at least. It definitely did. Uh, one of these days, Jason, we should, we should blow up our podcast logo. Let somebody actually really look at it. Cause I, I think if you're just looking at it on your phone, it's probably, you, you know, it's kind of a playoff, no code, but I don't know if folks can really see it. I have to don't say see that, all the details. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. I find it both notable and extraordinarily wonderful that the the winning entry for this, that I, I love how you took zero inspiration from me or Jason whatsoever <laughs> for this design, for the design for our podcast. I, I find that both incredible and, and um, profound, actually, when, when one thinks about it, because you understand what sells. You knew what would deliver the goods. Jason and I are basically just the cellophane wrapper around the content that is Pearl Jam. We are to essentially be torn and discarded, but necessary nonetheless to deliver the content protected to you. So I, I very much appreciate your approach to this. Well, I I appreciate that. I don't know if I'd call you the cellophane wrapper exactly, but I think that or the you know, explicit content label, in the <laughs> right? Maybe you're that sticker. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, no, but I think that you guys have done a really great job of of supporting and building community around this band. You know, we all that's one of the things we all love about this band is the community, the people, the fellowship, the nerding out the getting together and talking about it. And so you guys have been a really great conduit for that. Um, I guess I should have had a little Easter egg of your face in there somewhere. No, No. (laughs) we are a cog in the wheel and we are thrilled and honored to be so. Now now that I'm thinking about it, I'm kind of uh, ashamed of the fact that we have our faces in the the actual (laughs) logo. (laughs) Like why, why are we there? I don't even know why we're there. Oh God. Um, it's funny you you mentioned the community. You mentioned that we we say that you know we just we we don't want to be like this thing. We want to be like just part of this community that maybe just amplifies everyone's voices to have a conversation. And one thing that I noticed uh, in the last few weeks um, are all these different chat groups, be it Discord or Facebook or Instagram, uh, around the tour and like hey. I can't go. I'm gonna po- I'm gonna post these tickets on the on Ticketmaster in like five minutes if anybody wants them. Like just people helping people get tickets across all these different shows. Yeah, people are super super helpful, and I think that yeah. um, the home show logo that you played off of, I think that was it. Reminds me of a very helpful mini tour that the band was putting together. I mean that those two home shows literally were about raising money to help the homeless situation right. in seattle yeah. so like there's always a connection to community and so i think just using that logo as as your base plate was maybe maybe not intentional but subconsciously it makes the most sense of any of the designs that we saw we saw some really cool ones yeah no actually i hadn't really thought about that but i love that that makes a lot of sense um and ties back into that sort of activism piece that they are so heavy into that I think most most of us also really appreciate about them. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not really a, an illustrator. I don't really like draw things. Um, I have been more of a graphic designer and photographer. And so this really appealed to me too, because it's just real clean. Um, Very much so. You know, and easy for me to kind of work with, with the tools that I'm good at. Um, I think the original, maybe you guys know, I think the original home show artwork was Ian Williams. 
that's correct. I tried to look it up today, but I, I'm only uh, like 80% sure that I'm right about yeah, that. Off the top of my head, I don't, I don't recall. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's done some really amazing stuff. And actually, it's so funny. Um, at that show at YouTube, at Eddie Solo show, I met him. No kidding. Um, and I didn't really realize who I was talking to until it was kind <laughs> wow. of too late. But it was still very cool to have met him. It's been cool kind of um what we did the uh getting ready for this tour we did an episode a few weeks ago about just our favorite uh posters of all time and mm-hmm. I was kind of going through that that Ames Brothers book that came out yeah like a decade ago and realizing wow there's so many more names I didn't know were behind some of these like I knew Brad I knew the Ames Brothers I had heard of Emic and you know there's a couple others but there's like a ton of people they've used over the last maybe five, 10 years. And I'm starting to follow them on Instagram. I'm like, Jesus, some of this stuff yeah. is incredible. Yeah. And it just, I went down a rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, and I think it's some of it is too more... because there's something for any style, right? Exa- like exactly. You see these different talking. posters come out and it's like some of them I just absolutely love and can't stop thinking about. And others I'm like, okay, well I would not put that in my house, but good for you. You know, somebody <laughs> else, somebody else likes that one. That's okay. That's 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 probably one of the best things about the fact that they did like four for those home shows, and they did four in 2016 for the mm-hmm. for each yeah. like so like the Wrigley and all that. For me, I was like, oh well, those two are awesome. That one's okay, and that that one I'm not into. So I'll just get those two to represent the two shows that I went to, kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like that's that's awesome. Like I I can see in time me circling back to you, like, can you give me a different colorway? Can we just <laughs> tweak it up a little bit? Um. Before we get out of here, when when did you get into the graphic design stuff, and, and um, what do you what do you what do you want to do with it from here on forward, as far as um, professionally, or do you want to do more stuff with or um, music, the band? Yeah, so I, um, you know, I've done art and stuff my whole life. I got into photography and graphic design in high school. I had a really great photography and graphic design teacher in high school. So he was um, kind of a mentor in that regard. Um, And then continued doing it in college. Um, I spent several years, I've worked at a lot of different places, but I spent several years working at the Seattle Weekly. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that paper. I don't even know if that paper's still around, but um, you've probably heard of The Stranger. It was kind of a more grown up. Billy Joel album? No, (laughs) kidding. The Seattle newspaper. Anyway, it was a weekly paper. I worked there for a long time and um, have worked at a lot of other places. Um, nowadays, I'm I'm still doing like marketing and communication stuff, but not as much graphic design currently. Uh, so I get to do it when I want to, which is fun, you know, so I get to do it uh, for friends and for things like this. So. Well, we're very happy that you do, Karen, and uh, yeah. we can't thank you enough. I mean, I, honestly, a tip of the cap to to all those submissions. Every single one of them, we thought was was an impressive, impressive creative expression with with just tons of ingenuity and uh, a, a real voice that uh, that shines through. And we were, like, what's the we were uh, amazed, I guess is the right word, looking at all of these. And it was a tough decision, and it became very clear that we really need to put this out to the Patreon and, uh, and just let people make this decision because it was difficult for us to do. And, uh, it was, it was an overwhelming amount of support for your design. And, uh, it just became apparent to us that it was, it was worthy of the acknowledgement and we're uh, thrilled that you were willing to contribute your voice and your, and your creative vision to, to the Pearl Jam discussion, the greater Pearl Jam discussion. And, uh, quite frankly, we're, we're both grateful and, uh, honored that you took the time to do that and happy that we could showcase some, some of the beautiful work that you you're able to produce. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm just, I'm really glad people liked it. That's really awesome. Well, Karen, uh, I don't know what you, when your next show is, but, uh, well, I, I have Ohana coming up, but I don't have any Pearl Jam shows on the roster right now. So 2024, uh-huh. they'll pull it out some shows. I'm sure. And God willing, we'll find ourselves outside of an Albertsons together, if not inside the venue. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. Well, Karen Tigerson uh, from San Diego with the winning artwork design. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. And thank you for listening. And thank you for what you made us. 
Yeah. Thanks for having me and keep up the good work, you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Karen. Again, a big thank you to Karen for for her time, for her creativity, and um, the beautiful art that she created. Yeah, absolutely. It, it truly is um, a wonderful treat, I think, for us when we're, we're able to have guests come on and, and share their experiences with the band, uh, the band's music, um, and just the connection to the community. And it, it's the the piece that I think really acts as the lifeblood of this podcast. And it's what makes a lot of these episodes evergreen. It's funny how Karen mentioned the rankings episodes. Really, <laughs> uh, We don't do too many of those these days. And uh, it's funny because when we first began the process, we we thought, you know, that was our mindset. Like, oh, you know, let, let's rank this, let's rank that. And then we very quickly realized that that's not really that interesting beyond a certain point. Um, so I'm glad that we have folks like Karen keeping us honest, Jason. Someone's going to keep us honest in, in, the, in this musical world. <laughs> Our wives keep us honest in reality. Exactly. People like Karen keep us honest in this space. Um, and, and our kids keep us honest in the middle of the night when we're trying to get oh, one decent sweet, night's sleep. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> oh. We have young ones, those listeners. Yeah, we do. Figured out. Um, yeah. Uh, one last real quick thing. Uh, today, uh, Fender is finally uh, releasing or at least announcing that oh, you could buy. Uh, <laughs> a Mike McCready signature specked out to the T, including all the scrapes and, and what do they call it? They call it um, uh, relicking relicking of, of his 1960 sunburst strat. Um, yeah, you could, I, as we're recording this, I don't know the details yet. It, it should be announced. Now you can go on fender.com and, and check out actually, even in the latest um, 10 club and Pearl jam emails, there's a link mm-hmm. to entering the contest, I guess to win one. So um, I don't know how much they're going to cost or how many they're going to have out there. You'll know uh, as soon as you click on the thing. Um, I, I hope that one of you gets one yes. so that I can go to your house and say, please <laughs> let me play on it. <laughs> Ditto. And if not, maybe we'll have you on our show and you, you can, can just, you, you can just show it to us, you know, make us uh, green with envy. Yeah, exactly. Um, that is the show gang. Uh, we, again, we're in the middle of a Pearl Jam tour and God help. I say middle because I am willing into existence. These last four shows happening. Indeed. Um, Indy, you'll get your chance. And again, apologies to everybody who's out um, from those. We're we're coming together. We are a community. We're a family. We're sticking together. We're going to get through this. Um, whenever I say we're going to get through this, I'm always reminded of that scene in Austin Powers with uh, uh, Tom Arnold and Austin's in the bathroom. Yeah. It's like, bite your left and give it hell. We're going to get through this. <laughs> Different context, but I always think of that scene. That's how you know where my head's at. Uh, anyways, um, we'll be back with you next week. Uh, next week is um, going to be interesting because next week is going to be not me and Paul. Next week is going to be me and Stip. It's wild to think about, but it's true. I know. It it's, is the show that Paul couldn't make. Well, it, only because it's going to be live. On yeah. location in Austin, Texas. That's that, again. That's assuming that there's a show. <laughs> well, yeah, there there is and, that. But uh, I am thrilled and excited for for the both of you. I wish that I could be there, and no pressure. But one one of you is going to have to uh, hold my end of the of the show, which well, is is I would like to think is a tall order, but in reality, it will probably be easy peasy. Be we'll, crab we'll cakes, man. Crab cakes in Maine. I don't know. <laughs> um, yes. So uh, live from Austin, the Wishlist Foundation's pre-party at Skull's Garden, just a five-minute walk from the Moody Center. Um, that is the plan. Yeah. Things can Go. always change, but the uh, but right now the plan is Stip and yours truly live. We will do it live. All right, we'll do, we'll it, do live. it live. You got and- to. You got. And if you're there, pay these gents a visit. You have to be there. History will be made. That that is that will be the day that everybody finally realizes how unnecessary Paul really is. <laughs> no, no. But the idea is, I don't know how this is going to work. The idea is we're going to record the show at the live event, and then we're going to put it up immediately 
so that maybe it. you can listen to it before the final I am. I can't wait to be a That's fan. That's the idea. I can't wait to be a fan of this podcast. Oh, Loving my goodness. It. It's gonna go I might even have so to join hard. our Patreon. I may have to take my own <laughs> advice and feed that algorithm. Well, as Paul um, dips into his battery fund to do that, yes. uh, <laughs> we'll leave you with that. And uh, we'll be with you next week. God help us. Live from Austin, me and Stip. Uh, but until then, or, or whatever the hell else we do next week, you've been listening to The State of Love and Jason and Stip. <laughs>